1: And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sklina. And I'm your other host, Matt Sklina. And Matt, today is the Wayne Gretzky episode. Number 99. And if you can imagine what comes next, the 100th episode of the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. That's right.
2: And we're already, we've are already we been throwing around ideas for months now.
1: And uh, I think we've got something pretty exciting. We pretty, don't want to build it spectacular too no, much. I don't but, don't uh, get too excited.
2: But, tune in. Tune I in. I want to tune
1: in. But Matt, before we get to our interview today, we've got an amazing guest. We've got uh, the founder of An incredible real estate mobile app that we've been using. Well, this Um, is the app that we've been talking about on the podcast for maybe the last month or two,
2: you know, talking about beta testing. And we've sent it out to a ton of listeners. We've got tons of positive feedback. So we decided to get Aaron on, who built the app to talk about exactly what it does
1: and why it's so useful. And we should say, so Aaron Cardell, he's the founder of the app. We're going to have something on our website. But if you haven't actually been to com yet, go check it out and go sign up. Join 17,000 plus listeners that are already benefiting from our website. And there you can find not only this app that we're talking about, but you can also find private client services and you can get on the list for the deal of the month. The deal of the month. We just put up a new deal last week. It went out to 17,000 plus. I thought that was a great deal.
2: (laughs) You know what? It it is. I was kind of, I ran it. I I actually found this deal. I ran it by you. I ran it by John. And it was kind of, uh, the question was... Am I missing something or is this not a is, is this a great deal? It's a
1: good deal. There was another house on the west side that um, you know, it, it was a it was a deeper pockets deal, but um, if if somebody was looking on the west side, there is something that we've got in mind as well so get in touch. Yeah. Um but Matt, before we get to our interview with Aaron, we have a new installment with our one of our dearest friends Seth Rogan and also our, another uh, contributor of the podcast here. Yeah, yeah, John here. John, <laughs> did john we under, i don't want to undersell john but it's seth no. rogan anyway yeah. so hey check out the uh, john seth and the hoi polloi enjoy for the vancouver
3: real estate podcast this is john seth and the Hoy polloi i'm john seth couldn't be with us this morning i did receive a telegram this morning uh i will read it to you now uh dear matt and adam stop unable to attend with deep regret stop so busy with film premiere stop Love you both. Seth, full stop. The film he's referring to, of course, is The Disaster Artist, which is getting rave reviews, and we're extremely proud of Seth. And we wish him and James Franco all the best with that film. We're here today on Commercial Drive, The Drive. We're going to be talking to people about housing and homelessness in Vancouver. Vancouver has recently released a 10-year housing strategy. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about this? No, I didn't hear about that. No, I have not. No, not at all. (laughs) No, I have not. city of Vancouver announced a 10-year housing strategy. Had you heard about this? I have, yep, I have. Any thoughts?
0: Uh, Seems to be geared towards people with a lot of money.
3: Now, uh, at the same time... At the federal level, the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has recently declared that housing is a human right. Uh, do you think that housing should be a human right? It should be. What are your other favorite human rights, top five? Uh, freedom. Freedom is a great human right. Mm-hmm. It's a great choice. And what do you think in 10 years the, the city of Vancouver will look like?
0: Uh, in 10 years, hopefully, better transit.
3: Do you, uh, do you think there will be flying cars in 10 years? Should be. Should be. I agree with you. Yes, we're both on the same page there. What do you think Vancouver's going to look like in 10 years?
1: Uh, you know, everyone keeps saying the, the Vancouver housing market's going to crash. It's going to be a reversal. It's going to be a correction. They've been saying that for a long time, and it hasn't happened.
3: What do you think is coming in the future? In 10 years, what will the city of Vancouver look like?
0: Uh, well, it'll be a lot more packed, a lot more uh, high-rises, condos, townhouse-type things. You see it. Coming along uh, 25th and Canby. Something's going to have to be done about the traffic. Uh,
3: Flying cars?
0: (laughs) Maybe. Maybe maybe tubes, whistling tubes.
3: Whistling tubes. If we had flying cars and we had flying bikes, do you think that the flying cars and the flying bikes would be fighting with each other all the time?
0: Yes, definitely.
3: (laughs) That's never going to change. Do you think it's good for Vancouver to have a a 10-year housing strategy or any housing strategy? Something has to be done
1: to reduce the cost of housing in Vancouver.
3: Do you see yourself in Vancouver in 10
1: years? No, I don't see myself in Vancouver next year.
3: Do you see yourself in Vancouver in 10 years? I hope not. (laughs) What about yourself? Do you see yourself in Vancouver in 10 years? Um, Probably not. Uh, There's going to be temporary, modular housing in the Marpole area and maybe you've heard that the residents down there, some of them have been uh, quite vociferous in their resistance and uh, some have compared their plight to that of the Rohingya Muslim population in Myanmar. Why do you think it's so hard for the homeless in their quest for warmth and shelter to spare a thought for the uh, millionaires who are living in the houses down there?
0: Well, they're worried about their property values. Uh, that's, that's, that's all that is. right? It's, it's, I don't want my property values, and if I have poor people around here, my property values will go down.
3: Why do you think that the uh, the homeless people and their quest for warmth and shelter are so insensitive to the concerns of those homeowners?
2: The homeless people insensitive to the concerns?
1: I think it's the other way around.
3: That's the, homeless, that's homeless the right refugees, answer, sir. It, comparing them to refugees from Myanmar, I think, is a, a little... A little extreme, a little... Uh, just a little. Just a little. <laughs> Let's move on to something a little bit lighter. Uh, do you remember about about this time last year at the Vancouver Aquarium, two beluga whales passed mm-hmm. away, yep. uh, Aurora and Keela, and uh, that was in the news quite a bit. You heard about that? Mm-hmm, yeah, sure did, yeah. And this year, there were two other tragic deaths. Did you hear about those?
0: Uh, yes, the, um, the the porpoise that died recently. That's
3: right. The false killer whale, Chester, and uh, Daisy, uh, the harbor porpoise, died in the summer, so you did hear about them.
0: Yeah, sure did, yeah. Did it
3: feel like it was getting less news coverage, though, than the beluga whales?
0: Maybe a little bit, yeah. The belugas, I guess everybody loves whales, and, you know, a porpoise, not quite as exciting as a beluga, yeah. Do you think it has anything to
3: do with the fact that the beluga whales were white?
0: <laughs> I thought we were talking about housing.
3: <laughs> and racism.
0: <laughs> I don't think it had anything to do with the fact
3: they were white. Maybe, yeah. maybe, that's a maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been very nice speaking to people here on Commercial Drive, The Drive. Uh, everyone had very thoughtful responses to all of our questions. And uh, we'd like to thank everyone who took the time to speak with us. Also, our thanks to Seth Rogan for the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. This is John Seth and the Hoy Poloy. Back to you, Matt and Adam.
2: Another fantastic episode of John, Seth, and the Hoy Poloi. We actually have John Loomer, contributor for the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, with us. Yeah,
1: and, and Seth couldn't be here. How are you doing, John? Very good, very good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me well, again. John, you were out there for how many, what, a couple hours? Right? Right? Yeah, to get five minutes of content,
3: John, it takes you at least, what, five, six hours, but you really pounded the pavement on Commercial Drive. Well, it's a nice thing to do. I don't know if you guys have walked up and down Commercial Drive, but... Never uh, heard of it. Very pleasant, very pleasant. Lots of nice coffee shops and, right. uh, and good people to see. And honestly, no, we we uh, we have fun. We have fun, but we also have really good conversations with people. And most people are, are really willing to talk to me and, and Braden when we're walking around, and they actually have some very thoughtful things to say, which is uh, super well, maybe nice. We can,
1: that's part of the reason we wanted to have you in today is to kind of talk about what were some of the things you were actually hearing I know we we take yeah, that segment a with a there. bit of a humorous approach, but
3: yeah, no, you you get a sense from people even in uh, even in what you just heard that, uh, for example, many people have a long term plan that right. does not involve them. Staying <laughs> that was the
2: biggest surprise, in Vancouver. And, and that wasn't just the three or four people there. You you were saying almost
3: everybody you talked to. It was pretty much across the board, except one uh, gentleman that we spoke with was. Uh, had just helped his daughter move into a place. uh they had just had a baby and uh, and we congratulated him on that, and obviously he was very happy and i I presume I don't know if we had had put the question to him. It seemed like maybe the wrong question to ask someone who had just bought a, a place and moved to the neighborhood. Um, but uh I assume they have long term plans to stay there if they can. And I think a lot of people do. They've just many people look, this was this is only natural. And of course it was a long time coming. There are a lot of people out there who feel that they've been priced out or can't imagine themselves living comfortably right at this point. And whatever Vancouver is offering them, it's it's uh, outweighed by some of the the other stuff, uh, the affordability really of Vancouver, especially housing,
1: so you've been now to Yaletown, you've been to Mount Pleasant and you've now been on the drive and all around what, the world what uh, what stood out to you about the drive
3: um I guess there was uh there was actually maybe uh, more of a willingness to discuss these issues, and also there's a certain pride um around the the drive itself uh and how uh, much diversity there is there so when we talked about um When we talked about Marpole and what the city wants to do with the temporary modular housing there, obviously no one is super surprised about the resistance that they're meeting. When essentially you do try and diversify a little bit a um, a fairly homogeneous neighborhood that people – that's something that they value about their neighborhoods is that it doesn't have people from a different um, background, socioeconomic (laughs) – Uh, status. But on on Commercial Drive, actually, there. when you walk up and down Commercial Drive, it's hard to find another place in Vancouver that is more like this. You really are struck by um, how different it is. It's a great place for young families. At the same time, um, there's a lot of people there who maybe are in a more difficult situation. And everybody seems to mingle quite well, and it actually adds to the, the neighborhood, the character, obviously, of the neighborhood. You know, sometimes character the character of a neighborhood sounds like a realtor's euphemism for not so fancy, but I really do feel that. I really do feel that there's a certain character uh, to Commercial Drive that makes it very attractive. And people who we spoke to on that particular day on Commercial Drive um, seemed also to feel that way and and liked it. And they also seemed very engaged with the uh, with the questions that we had to to ask. In fact, the people who seemed the least engaged were people who were not from around we we often speak to people and they say we're not from vancouver we still want to talk to those people and they they give us good answers but they they tend to be less informed or
1: right excellent so if you want to check out the video of john seth and the Hoy polloi go on to the vancouverrealestatepodcast.com and uh find it there and if you haven't seen the disaster artist really get out there because it's a hilarious film Just say
2: that for our friend Seth. (laughs) All right, so moving along, we have our discussion with Aaron Cardell, the creator out of Minneapolis, the creator of HomeSpotter, that mobile app we've been talking about that's going to be on the
1: site. Awesome app. Maybe without further ado. Yeah, enjoy.
2: Okay, we're here with Aaron Cardell, creator of the real estate app, HomeSpotter. How you doing, Aaron?
0: Doing great. How are you guys doing? Very
3: good. Thanks Very for good. being with us.
2: Yeah, maybe we'll start. Aaron, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, sure thing. So I'm a little bit of a, a repeat uh, software entrepreneur. Started the company now referred to as HomeSpotter uh, back in 2009. We were known as mobile realty apps at the time and we're a, a team located here in Minneapolis, and we work with a lot of real estate boards and brokers uh, all across Canada and the U.S. to basically power a mobile application to better help real estate agents and, and clients to collaborate with one another on the go. But this was kind of an idea that um, I had back in 2009, which led to founding the company and really all stemmed out of this Need that my wife and I had at the time. We were looking for our next house, and way back then there really wasn't a decent app to uh, search for properties. So, yeah, that's you kind know, of what what led to starting the company.
3: And how do how do you get started with something like this? Do you start in one particular market? Did you have a bigger launch in multiple markets? How does that get going? What's the genesis?
0: Yeah, great question. So. Basically, where we started was kind of our our primary first business was actually creating more what I would call white-labeled apps for real estate brokers, typically in given metro areas. And given that we're based in Minneapolis, most of our first clients were, were based here. And I was pretty new to real estate back then. One of the things that I kind of quickly figured out is that a lot of people don't realize there are... A lot of different MLSs, usually each kind of in their own metro area, and so that kind of was the big gate on our growth, so to speak. Uh, You know, each new market we would go into, we need to build an integration with that MLS, and so really kind of for the first uh, few years of our growth, it was kind of the Minneapolis-St. Paul area our first year or two, and then we just, continue to expand from there.
2: So Aaron, we've been using HomeSpotter now for the last couple months and and have been really impressed by it. What makes HomeSpotter unique?
0: Yeah, I think there are a couple of things that that we believe make HomeSpotter unique. The first thing is that that we kind of start with it being really a tool for the professional agent first. And so we want to make sure that this is a tool that agents as they're on the go can really be more productive in accomplishing their job and that's going to help them provide better service for their clients and so whether it's you know scheduling showings or or doing a lot of the other things that agents need to do on the go we kind of start with that first and then beyond that we really have a focus on collaboration and really wanting to make it easier for agents to better communicate with their buyers as part of the buying process. And, um, you know, we kind of came up with this tagline a couple of years ago that, you know, we really do believe every home search is a conversation. And so whether, you know, it's uh, you and your significant other just kind of having a conversation with each other about what properties you like as consumers or whether, you know, you're having kind of that conversation with your agent or maybe that agent is even, kind of asking the listing agents some questions about the property. Uh, we just think that the conversation around that is so key. And what we were hearing from a lot of agents is, you know, they would get all these text messages of maybe it's just an MLS number and address. And kind of by the time you could try to copy and paste some of that information and go log into predominantly desktop-based MLS systems and look up that information and go back to your text message client. Just a lot of uh, extra overhead involvement, so if we can save everybody a little bit of time in the process and hopefully make it just a little bit more fun to have conversations around properties, that was really our goal. time is money, yeah,
3: and in terms of features like obviously that speed is good, but for the for the buyer, what kind of uh, yeah like buyers particular... and sellers are there are there interesting features and uh, maybe you can talk about the augmented reality portion. I know you guys are at the uh, the frontier of technology there.
0: Yeah, thanks. So we, we do have kind of a unique feature built in that, you know, whether you're an agent or a, a buyer, you can just hold your phone up and turn on the augmented reality feature and basically just point your phone or your tablet in the direction of a property that might be for sale and uh, get the information on what's available around you. And, you know, it's got a lot of different kind of ways that it's used but you know we've even heard of some agents that as they're going through each showing or at an open house they want to tune their client into what else might be available nearby it's just kind of a quick easy way to do that
2: yeah especially in in a place like vancouver where you know there's a ton of condo towers basically all downtown is is condo towers it's a super useful app to be oh what's around in this neighborhood while the building next door you literally point your phone at it and you can see you know, what's listed and, and the pricing.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. We like to, you know, with kind of the uh, Pokemon Go craze and some of the other ways that augmented reality has taken off in the last couple of years, we we don't make too big of a deal about it, but we've been, uh, you know, kind of doing this augmented reality thing in real estate since 2011
3: now. Have you thought about any kind of... Uh cross-marketing with Pokemon so that people could really (laughs) save time because sometimes I'm searching for Pokemon and I'm supposed to be looking for real estate and uh, people get upset. Yeah, right. Uh, In terms, so the augmented reality
2: portion of the app is is very cool, very unique. Uh, In terms of other features for our listeners to kind of outline what the app does, can you speak to those?
0: Yeah, I mean, there there are a number of other key aspects of it, but one of the key aspects of this is it really is powered by the latest information from uh the multiple listing service. And so, you know, this is, from a consumer perspective, you're getting data that's as good as the agents that you're working with. And so... We give consumers just a, a number of different ways to be uh, searching for properties, whether it's on a an map and GPS-based or through uh, a number of different criteria. And so it's uh, it's a good way to be looking at properties. If you've got a, a tablet, there's kind of a nice gallery view that makes it easy. Let's say you want to compare a bunch of properties and especially their kitchen side-by-side side or whatever else may be important to you. It's just really Handy to do that and and do so while you're on
3: the go. So, if I'm a, a civilian out there, not a realtor, but someone who's either looking for a buyer, I'm starting to gather information, or maybe I'm further along in my search. Or if I'm a seller and I just want to get a sense of, or a potential seller, I want to get a sense of what my property is worth, what's going on in my neighborhood. How do I get started? Walk walk us through that.
0: Yeah, typically, you know, one of the one of the best ways to get started, quite honestly, is if you can get a link from an agent that you might be working with and they can either uh, text you a link or make a link available to you. And what that'll do is because you know we think kind of this collaborative approach to searching is so important by getting this from your agent, it kind of unlocks some of the additional functionality. but basically just follow that link. Uh, it's going to take you to you on Apple, the App Store, on an Android phone and it'll take you to Google Play, download the app, incredibly quick registration process. Free app. Um, and you're in, uh, in, in the app and uh, yeah, you're searching for properties.
2: And, and in terms of additional functionality that you're talking about, because we've been talking to people about, you know, sold prices, days on market, all those, all that information that is, is difficult to come by.
0: Yeah, uh, that's, that's a great point, is uh, you, you do have access to be able to uh, search by a number of things that you won't find on, on many other websites or, or apps, and those sold properties and, and days on market yeah. are, are a great example yeah.
2: of that. Yeah, yeah basically realtor-level information. So just a couple more questions for you here, Aaron, and we'll, we'll let you go. One is, presumably, you're always looking for ways to improve the app. Do you have what are, what are the plans for the future? Anything
0: exciting? Yeah, we've got a lot in store for 2018, so will be a little bit further down the road. But we uh, are really looking to, you know, we we know how important more real-time information is on all of this. And so if you, as a consumer, maybe set up a safe search and, and you're kind of just waiting for that next property to come on the market or maybe maybe you want to know when there's a price drop on a property you were already interested in uh we're going to be looking to do a lot more with push notification oh, nice. uh, to alert you when you know those new properties come on the market or when there's a price change or, or other activity like that
2: so you could potentially highlight a street or a building or a single property just to monitor exactly what's going on
0: yeah certainly set up your safe search ahead of time and it'll let you know as changes are happening.
2: Fantastic. And, and last question for you, Aaron, we know you're in Minneapolis. Uh, the United States seems to be uh, ahead of the curve, at least in regards to Canada in terms of real estate searching and where the industry is. What do you see in terms of the future of the industry? Where do you see the industry going? Any thoughts?
0: Oh, it's, uh, it's really interesting. That's a pretty broad question. I do think it'll be interesting to see in You know, on the one hand, I'm inclined to say that over, say, a three to five year time span, I don't see, you know, the the industry substantially changing. But I think as you look out 10 to 15 years down the road, I think it'll be pretty interesting to see, um, you know, to what extent. I think the thing that is most intriguing to me are some of the opportunities out there that really bring more liquidity uh, to the housing market. In other words, if you're somebody that wants to move and, and wants to move this month, you're kind of at the mercy of, is, is somebody ready to buy my property today or as quickly as I want to sell it? And I think what we're seeing here in the U.S., it's taking a long time to come to fruition, but there are a number of startups kind of looking at this general area of, you know, we'll buy your property today and just bringing more, Liquidity to an otherwise illiquid market.
3: So almost more like a
2: like the stock market in in some respects. This is
3: already amazing to the extent that technology has changed the speed at which you can sell your property. I mean, when you had to put your house in a in a newspaper or something and hope that people walked by it. I mean now.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, no, for for sure. And I think in in all that though, there's still going to be um, there's such a desire to you know work with a professional It you know there's such a big transaction in people's lives that you know i think while the the role of the agent will probably evolve and change a lot in the next 10 years i think it you know i think agents are going to be around for some time
3: we're not losing our jobs to robots is that what you're saying we're you're gonna right. we're gonna right. keep our jobs okay. well,
2: well at least at least for the next three to five
0: years <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's interesting I, I don't know if we have time for it but you know the Vancouver market from afar has been uh, pretty interesting to watch, and I think just some of the decisions around tax and, and other things have been certainly interesting for us to observe. Are you still seeing a sounds like a rather strong market there? If uh, people are expecting uh, houses to be sold.
2: Uh, within a week or something. yeah, I was just going to say I think part of that is is tech <laughs> technology and and how that 's changed the market but we're we 're still very much in a in a hot market here, depending on the price point but usually people in Vancouver, if they want to sell their property, they can sell it very very quickly uh, in fact we 're generally seeing people holding off on offers still till after the weekend
3: and i don't think the role of technology in that is discussed very often, but i don 't think that what happened in Vancouver over the last Three to five years would have happened were it not for the technology um, that exists today. It would have been hard for things to catch fire and burn as steadily and as intensely as they have.
2: Well, and obviously the international component of the market as well, right? Yeah, a
3: lot of stuff happening. It's hard to tease it all apart, but definitely technology and the speed at which these transactions can take place. Just even uh, being able to sign a contract at a distance with the signing programs, things like that, and not having to drive through the night and get signatures on, on every little change to a contract. I mean, that could slow things down, uh, incredibly. Yeah.
0: Well, very interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Well, well, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us this morning. HomeSpotter is a fantastic, app we've been blown away by it and we've been talking about it on the podcast here and it will be on our website so thanks so much for taking the time and running us through you know exactly what it does yeah thanks aaron all
0: right thanks a lot guys take care
3: have a great day you
0: too
2: so there you have it folks our discussion with aaron cardell creator of the
1: real estate app, HomeSpotter. Really interesting conversation with Aaron. So we've been using private client services for years. We yep. love private client services, but we also have mentioned in the past, a lot of people don't find it super user-friendly on on your mobile. So this is part of the reason that we've linked up with HomeSpotter because it's it's so user-friendly on the mobile and it, it offers the same things. And what are some of those things? Well, yeah, it offers you
2: sold prices. Right. It offers you days on market, It basically offers you realtor-level information, and, and this is essentially what we're trying to do with the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, I mean, or one of our goals, right, is just to create a site with tons of resources, more than one, PCS is there. We're now
1: going to have HomeSpotter. It's your one-stop shop. And improve transparency. I mean, the value that we offer here is is not in the data that we hide and secure. It's more power to to everybody who's out looking if you have access to sold prices and realtor-level information. Exactly. And these are the resources that's going to provide that to you. Open kimono at the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. We're all in open
0: Komodos right now. Braden, please close yeah, your close you. Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, anyways, but no, that's
1: uh, very useful information, Matt. So yeah, head over to com. Also, if you find the show useful, please do give us a review on iTunes. Uh, every review helps. I think we're at around 125 25, or yep. so. Um, and we'd we'd like to do that. It really helps grow the show, and we appreciate your comments. And Matt, how can people reach you? yeah you
2: know what give me a call seven seven eight eight four seven two eight five four if you want to talk real estate p c s home spotter whatever whatever you got or send me an email matt at vancouver dot
1: com and you adam or you can try me at seven seven eight eight six six four five seven four or adam at vancouver real dot com and we still got Johnny loomer in the house still here. How can people reach you, John? <laughs>
3: they can call me. <laughs> I don't think you're listening, though. <laughs> they can call me at 604 916 1871, 604 916 1871, or they can write me an email at uh, John, J O N, at Vancouver Real And last but not least, media. Uh, it's actually Braden at Scalina Excellent. All
1: right. Well, have a great week, guys. Next week, 100th episode. I can't believe it's finally arrived. (laughs) Not to be missed. Take care.
0: Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.
1: Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419.
2: We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down.